Welcome to Opa Podcast, episode 51. Today is just uh, three hosts. My, so it's me, Jason, along with... Griffin Most. And I'm Wyatt Oakers. And uh, Soup is out for some Jewish New Year stuff, so have him do that. And then also, uh, we think Laurence might be dying or suffering from... Listen, Laurence is in his 1L year. He is probably not having a very good time right now. <laughs> yep. So today, everyone, will be recapping um, the Gophers' victory over, oh, not victory, the slacking of Michigan State uh, last weekend, and then also preview uh, homecoming uh, at home at Huntington Bank Stadium versus Purdue, and then after that, discuss a couple other things related to the Gophers and anything else that we've seen so far. So, gentlemen, um, we the your our Golden Gophers are now four and zero, currently still undefeated. Currently ranked 21st in the AP poll, 23rd in the coaches poll, um, beating uh, due due to us beating Michigan State 34 to seven on Saturday at East Lansing. Um, any quick thoughts before I get into the stats? Get into the stats, my guy. <laughs> we have a very good football team. That's that's. Oh good. yeah, that's that is that is not a bad football team at all. <laughs> Uh, if I have to mention my thoughts, uh, why and I talked off air about it was that I was expecting a closer game. I think we all did, and then just to watch the game throughout the day, I was like, "Holy crap!" Like we're stomping and like slacking Michigan State's team overall. I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> but yeah, going on to some stats, guys. Um, so, uh, in the air, Tanner was 23 of 26, only three incompletions for 80% uh, completion percentage uh, for 268 yards with three touchdowns, uh, longest being 26 yards. And then on the ground, um, the, our running backs, in, including Tanner and Cole Kramer, um, all combined for 48 carries for 252 yards. Um, on the ground, so pretty balanced game. Uh, Mo uh, broke records as well, uh, achieving another hundred yard game. Uh, I think is that thirteen games is the current streak. That coming? is now thirteen consecutive. Yes. Cool, cool. And then also he broke um, Daryl Thompson's current record or former record now <laughs> with the forty-one touchdowns. Yes, sir. And then going on from there, um, w- despite the loss to Crab uh, 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 in Colorado a couple weeks ago, um, the receiving core stepped up. Uh, Mike Brown Stevens led the way with six catches for 73 yards. Dalen Wright, three for 54. Daniel Jackson, three for 42. Brevin was three for 40. Uh, Moe was two for 20. Uh, Lamecki Brockington, one for 19. Clay Geary, two for 12. Um, then Nick Caller up, Trey Potts and Bryce Williams got something in there as well. Um, but amazing day on the offensive side of the ball um, in terms of passing and running the ball. And then on defense, Mariano Sori uh, Marin led the way in uh, total tackles, two solos and seven assists. Um, and then in terms of defense, Justin Wally and um, what's his name? Uh, Danny Strigo both got interceptions during the game as well. So awesome on them. 
uh, no punting at all. Uh, after that, Matt Trickett was two for two on field goals and four for four for extra points. Um, and yeah, that's a pretty dominating game. Gophers in terms of time of possession was 42 minutes and change. Uh, so dominate that side of the ball. We dominated the turnover differential. Uh, Michigan State had three turnovers. We only had the one fumble. Um, but other than that, it was a complete dominating performance from the Gophers this last week. Anyone else feel after that game that 21 might be a little bit lower than this squad will be at the end of the year? I will say yes, but uh, I kind of like don't want to talk about it. This is like let let us ride the emotional wave. Don't talk about us just yet, <laughs> even though like Joe Clatt and all those people on on uh, the big media side are talking about the Gophers. Listen, if you listen to the guys on the Big Ten Network, then yeah, you're going to hear about the Gophers. But you're, yeah. not, you're not hearing about the Gophers as much on the national level as I think maybe we should be. Was it uh, Kirk Herbstreet, right? It was like one of the only ones. I think the only one that picked the Gophers this week. Oh, um really? And uh, then the Gophers put a absolute beating on Michigan State. Mm-hmm. It's, this is – look I've... at the numbers. Look at the numbers for this team. This is the team in the Big Ten. They are second in offensive yards per game. They are the best team in the Big Ten in yards allowed per game. And sure, you can say that that's partially our opponents, but when Minnesota has played to the level of their opponents for years and years and years coming into this season, and now all of a sudden they're playing that next level of football, that elite level of football that P.J. Fleck has been looking for all these seasons, that's a welcome change. And 21 is not the peak we will see this team at at all and i am okay as we go along the season being ranked lower than i we maybe objectively should be um i'm gonna yeah i would have been fine being not ranked this week quite frankly but but i think out of respect they did the right thing (laughs) you most most some analysts even had us in the I think one even had us in the top ten in his own personal rankings, but those those ones off ones don't matter. But still I mean, we'll look at they'll look we'll look at it going forward and you know, as long as we keep playing the same level of football and cut out all the noise, um what they rank us every week will just be what they rank us. And we won't worry about it. And I do want to mention as well, um yeah, Kirk Herbstreit picked us, and then Joe Clatt. I think those are the two big names that I know of and saw on in terms of like post post game, like in terms of like tweets and talk shows and stuff, where like they really like what the Gophers are bringing um, to the table, and I'm I'm okay with that. Um, but I think as well, looking into the game as um, and such, 
there was a lot of things that I, I'm, I'm just going to briefly talk through like the scoring plays the entire game. So this is the first quarter. Mo runs it in at 9.50 for a two-yard touchdown run. Then at 2.57 in the first quarter, Daniel Jackson with a 23-yard back shoulder fade uh, to catch the ball into the end zone cor- on the corner. That was too. a hell of a catch. It was. Can we um, just can we just say bravo, Daniel Jackson, on that one? Yes, bravo, bravo. Um, and then going to the second quarter, I think it was second quarter, uh, I think we talked about on Snap on the group chat, like the they called number zero for hands to the face, and I, I, they called it on the yeah, wrong team. Soup, <laughs> Soup actually mentioned that they called that on the wrong team. Yeah, I was like, bruh, I know I get both for number zero, but like it's plainly obvious on the footage that it wasn't Lamecki putting hands on the face, it was the defender. But like, all right, um, and then uh, second, uh, second quarter. Uh, Matthew Trickett uh, made the field goal as well. Then into the third quarter, um, Michigan State was kind of like steaming down, like kind of like they look they look better. At, like it looks like they adjusted. And then um, uh, Thomas Rush comes in with the tackle on Payne Thorne, punches the ball out, and just so happens to land in the hands of one Justin Wally. Uh, which is amazing, uh, which that uh, turnover uh, by the by our defense gave us essentially a four-yard touchdown pass from Tanner to – no, no, from Tanner to uh, Nick Calrup, uh, which I believe was first career touchdown. So shout-out to Nick there uh, for that. And then in the fourth quarter, um, another touchdown from uh, Tanner to Daniel Jackson. Matt Trickett had another field goal, and then – in garbage time at 17 seconds left in the game. Um, Michigan State's backup quarterback, Noah Kim, throws a 27-yard touchdown pass to true freshman receiver uh, Jeremy Bernard, and that ends the game 34-7. to So I, no matter how I thought watching the game, no matter how much Michigan State tried to make things work, I'd be running the ball or passing the ball, um, even when they got to the red zone, they we couldn't like our first team defense and some of our packages couldn't let them do much from there. Like our defense was fantastic. I know we're raving about the offense post game. Cause like we weren't expecting what they were going to do like that, but big kudos to the defense. I was like, Holy hell. Like that was a shutout. Um, like maybe besides the first drive from the third quarter, but again, we knocked the ball out uh, from Payne Thorne and recovered it. So, you know, I'd say over our defense played amazingly, uh, despite, you know, I think in this case, 18 minutes, 17 minutes of like uh, that Michigan State had the ball the entire game. So, yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at the numbers, Minnesota has the second best run defense in the conference. The only team that's got a better run defense right now is actually Rutgers, which is wild. But they also have the best pass defense in the in the conference right now. Of course, Minnesota's defense is playing well. We know Minnesota's defense is playing well, and they're they're not going to get shouted out like that because it's not sexy to play defense in the modern era. But, yeah, the defense looks very good. And so, obviously, with points allowed, they've allowed 24 total across the four games. But let's also note that 21 of those points are in the fourth quarter. 
So you don't even have all of the starters in. So if we're being realistic, our starters have given up three points. And that was the Western Illinois field goal in the first quarter. So just throwing that out there as we continue to team to be afraid of if you see them on your schedule. And I think part of why people should be afraid is just the vision and like the reads um, pre-snap and post-snap. Like if you're talking like the linebacker DB level, uh, I feel like they're able to like Thomas Rush. I did not see him in years past as being such a mobile guy. Like his mobility has gone abs- like through the roof just in this last year coming into this year, but just the speed of our defense in general, like we talk about how good they are. I think part of that's the speed. Like they're, if they maybe make the wrong read and they can bail to like the second or third level of linebacker DBs and help make a play. Um, the, the speed is what should I think worry teams the most because I, there aren't going to be a lot of breakout plays coming from first team defense. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, outside of that, uh, why and I talked this off air as well. Um, we really haven't seen special teams be involved besides like, you know, m- like Matt, uh, Matt Trickett, uh, being Matt Trickett, who is absolutely meeting my expectations. Yeah, hundred percent. Kudos to you, Matt Trickett. So, so far, a hundred percent on all the field goals he's made up until this point in the season. Um, again, he only had two this game against Michigan State, but I said, and then also, um, Quinton Redding, who's our kick and punt returner, correct? Um, also been doing well, you know, fueling the ball as he as best he can. Uh, making the right calls. I'd be like, oh, if it's going over his head, <laughs> call it dead. So, like, your, our teammates, so his team, our, the Gophers don't touch it and, you know, cause problems. But I think overall, um, in the returning, I'd say we're – I'm going I'm to say this with a little grain of salt, but I feel like Quinton Redding may be our bet, one of our better <laughs> punt and kick returners that we've had in the past. Like, don't get me wrong. I like Brock Anikstead when he was back there. I like Demetrius Douglas when he was back there. Uh, Rodney Smith back then as well. But, like, just saying the way how he carries himself in the backfield there, uh, especially when we got it, when they have to punt the ball, uh, I, I'd say he's been doing pretty good. So, um, but, yeah, not much for special teams, which I know why well, that's your cup of tea. <laughs> but I, I'm a big special teams guy. It's, it's well documented on this podcast. And I just – I cannot express enough how exciting it is to see Matthew Trickett sitting at 100% through four games. That yeah. is just chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. But yeah, um, that's all I have, at least from what I can come to mind of. You guys have anything else regarding this game against Michigan State? One thing that I loved watching MSU try to do is play uh, man coverage on our receivers. Like, I can respect wanting to play man on them, but they simply just got fooled. Um, and they're, they're wide receivers that you think with Chris Ottman Bell out, okay, you don't have your wide receiver one, so you, I can my, – my cornerback, my top cornerback can play wide, or man coverage on your wide receiver two, right? Apparently not. Apparently you cannot just cover Michael Brown Stevens like that. Apparently you cannot just put one guy on Brevin Spanford. Uh, Daniel Jackson is going to get open if you give him your – second cornerback 
one one thing that I know they did is on a couple of those short plays, um, getting Brevin Span Ford matched up with one of the smaller D backs, um, I think is um, part of um, Kirk's scheme of he's if all these receivers are going to run shorter routes, then you're going to pull the safety down because you're going to want to have more coverage on these receivers. And then Brevin's going like the other way. So he's matched up on a smaller D back and they're pulling the safety away, which is, so it's like, it's a one-on-one. And when you have a big boy like Brevin and you match him on some tight, like zero was tiny. He probably was like, I don't even know, like five, eight, five, ten. Like he had no chance in the air. If Tanner puts it up high enough, there's absolutely no chance. So Really, Brevin is in fact a large dude. He is a unit, and they did a great job isolating. Um, really good mismatch. So credit to Kirk Shiraka there. And I do want to chime in as well. Um, Tanner had some threw some pretty good balls that game too. Um, some of the passes I saw, like uh, again I mentioned earlier when we went on the touchdowns we scored to Daniel Jackson, that back shoulder fade. Um, was really amazing. That was a perfect throw and like perfect for Daniel to make a play on that ball. Um, other passes like to Dalen Wright, Mike Brown, Stevens um, was also amazing. I think Tanner, with Kirk Sharaka back as offensive coordinator this season, has looked more like calmer, more poised in the pocket. He didn't get sacked all game, and when he went through his reasons, first, second, third, fourth reads. If nothing was there, especially like remember, he converted three major third downs with his legs. Um, and I think in the broadcast they were they were complaining just a little bit because Tanner pulled like Kenny Pickett <laughs> on one of those moves because like he kind of like almost gave himself up like the slide, but then like <laughs> juke the defender or something. Um, or not juke him, but like pass that defender who was one he was one on one with to get that first down. Um, I'd say Tanner had an amazing game too. Like not just yeah, as a in the air. Like I think the stats says it all. But also, he converted some key third downs with his legs, which you know we all know Tanner can do something with his legs if it has to be that way. But I think Michigan State wasn't anticipating because I think in their post game conference, one of their defensive linemen was like, "Yeah, we didn't game plan for Tanner or the guy to run." his legs to convert well, look at what we've been doing these past three four years we've been we've had seth green we've been blessed with seth green and we we've been last season we used cole kramer cole kramer was the guy who came in when we needed a quarterback to run the football and now Tanner's being given that opportunity to show us exactly what he can do not only passing the football but also taking off with it if he needs to and it's it's night and day when you look at what mike sanford did with tanner and what kirk sharaka is doing with tanner and you know i wish we had the last couple of seasons back so that we could see more of what tanner would have looked like now had he had two more seasons to kirk sharaka yeah like I don't think that Tanner is in the conversation to be one of those top quarterbacks off the board. He's going to be a day – if he goes to the draft even, he's going to be a day three guy or he might go on draft. Two more years of Kirk Sharaka, we might be having the discussion of, is this guy a day one prospect? And it's unfortunate that we're never going to know that. 
Yeah. But uh, other than that, amazing game. The Gophers went into East Lansing, did their job, and now 1-0 in the Michigan State season. 1-0 in the Big Ten right now, top of the West. Um, moving on, you guys ready to move on then to previewing homecoming against Purdue? Yes, sir. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, this upcoming Saturday, October 1st, uh, 11 a.m. Central kickoff. Uh, our Golden Gophers will be facing off against the Purdue Boilermakers. Um, currently, with some quick stuff to add in here, it's going to be on ESPN2 for the broadcast. Um, I, I'm trying to see if I can get to the game. <laughs> uh, if tickets are pricey, so I might just sneak in and be a photographer <laughs> uh, through other means that way. Um, I don't know, how about you guys? Are you guys going to try to get to the game? I'm out of town this weekend. So this weekend is my second wedding anniversary, actually. Oh. Um, so I will not be there for obvious reasons. So yeah. you will be going to the game to celebrate your anniversary. <laughs> I, I will not be there, no. <laughs> all right, she didn't all right. think that was a good idea? Oh, darn. My, my wife and I have been to one college football game together, and it was uh, the – Minnesota Wisconsin game the year that it just absolutely pissed snow all over the place. <laughs> was that when uh, college was... game day came too? Cold, 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 cold. Yes, that was college game day's year. Um, I did not make her go to the to the game day broadcast with me. I, <laughs> I just I went to that myself, and then I went back for her to get her for the game. And uh, it was cold, and it was a bitter loss. <laughs> For sure. Okay. But moving on, um, some quick items here. Um, the betting odds are in right now. As of today, uh, Monday the 26th of September, uh, the Gophers are favored by minus 12. I don't over- know about you guys smashing that spread. <laughs> yep. And then over-under is at 53 uh, on that. Um, going from there, ESPN's FPI did update from Saturday as well. Um, because it was a different percentage, but now the FBI has the Gophers at 81.1% to win this game versus Purdue's 19.9%. Um, going on from there, some overall stats, um, points per game. Purdue has only uh, scored 36, but allowed 23.3. Uh, in terms of the Gophers, we have uh, scored 45.8 to 6 points allowed per game. Um, total yards, 447 to 543. Um, and for Purdue's more leaning towards the passing side of the ball. So 311 passing to 136 rushing. Um, as for our Golden Gophers, pretty even actually, uh, or close to even, about 249 uh, for passing, and then about 294, 295 for rushing. And then yards allowed, Purdue has allowed 319 yards total versus our defense allowing only 188 yards total. Um, and then some big news. Uh, Aiden O'Connell is still unsure or questionable to play against the Gophers on this road uh, road game. Um, he did suffer an injury the game prior, uh, not not this past weekend against FAU, but before. I think it was a Syracuse. I think um, suffered an injury at Syracuse. Yep, a back injury actually, uh, which is a scary thing. Um, I think did he did he play last week? No, um, backup quarterback explains a lot. Uh, backup quarterback um, Austin Byrne 
or uh, I don't know what his, what his name is. Um, but yeah, uh, they put in their backup quarterback who had a decent game against FAU. If we're going into our opponent, uh, the uh, Boilermakers here, uh, they're still coached under Jeff Brom, a very explosive offensive team overall. Uh, their lead passer was, yes, Austin Byrne. He was 21 of 29, 166 yards for three touchdowns and one interception uh, this game against FAU. But also, FAU kept it close. They barely won. Um, again, a win is a win, uh, which was 28 to 26 against FAU last week. Um, their lead rusher, uh, Dylan Downing, had so far 40 carries this season for 204 yards and two tutties. And then their lead receiver is Charlie Jones with 41 receptions, 533 yards, and seven tutties. Um, so right now we have we may be either be facing their backup quarterback and Burn or their starting quarterback uh, O'Connell, but we don't know about O'Connell's status until it gets closer to the game. I mean, they're always even if they know a quarterback's not going to play, they're never going to explicitly tell like the media like they're not playing just because obviously it's going to help. The other team, I don't expect Aiden O'Connell to play, but I, he, is I, I, he is their best chance to win. Uh, I don't if, expect if, Aiden O'Connell to play, but I expect the I expect this team to game plan for Aiden O'Connell to be in, and they will because there's you're gonna game plan for them to be at their best always, and that's that's just the PJ Fleck mentality. You don't expect less of your opponent than their best. And if anyone else has seen it on Twitter today, Jeff Brom was giving some very serious respect to the Gophers, saying uh, this is the best team that we're probably going to play all year. Uh, so it's nice to get some respect from your opponent, but uh, we'll also see... Uh, we know the Gophers will adjust the game plan depending on who's in. They make adjustments during the game with offense, defense. Uh, we will have backup plan after backup plan ready. Yeah, going going on from there, I know PJ in his press conference mentioned um, a couple of players on Purdue side. I forgot which players that he mentioned, but some of them, again, Jeff Brom recruiting, doing Jeff Brom recruiting things, uh, even though they lost, um, was it Rondeo Moore went to the draft a couple years ago? Uh, who was the other guy? Um, L is now with the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Um, and then many other players on the offensive side of the ball, while they're maybe gone, uh, or King Doru, uh, a big running back threat for them in years past, has moved on, but there are uh, replacements that have come in. Um, or have taken their place, have been doing pretty well as well. So, um, again, I, I, why and I talked off air, like there's no easy wins on the schedule, and I, I expect PJ's team to be prepared for that. Like, we will prepare like a one-game championship season against Purdue for this week, and that they're going to have exp explosive playmakers. You know, Jeff Brown likes to be explosive uh, on, on his offense as well. So I'd say, for me, um, Purdue is going to be a, 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 a going to be a good opponent. It's going to be a great game, uh, but just be very careful with their explosive offense, um, and then their defense. You know, may, may not have been doing well in the last few games. They're still again, we cannot be you know 
sleeping on them either. They, they, they'll, they'll make plays as well. Um, so I, I feel like I'm excited for this game. It's homecoming. It's going to be a fun week weekend coming up here. Uh, and, and Purdue's going to be a toughie, I think. Like, I think they're going to let us fight for every point we get. Anything else, guys, for this game? Nope. <laughs> All right, then. So let's get on to everyone's predictions then. Um, so I'll roll in first. Uh, I'm going to say the Gophers win 38 to 28. So I'm not going to take the uh, spread. Jeez. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I didn't expect to be more of an optimist than Jason on this one. I'm usually the pessimist of this group at this point. Usually, yeah. <laughs> Who wants to go? Give me your predictions. Uh, I really don't see how Purdue can score uh, as we just went into Michigan State and basically shut them out other than our second and third team defense giving them a touchdown at the end of the game. So I am going to do about the same thing. We'll say Purdue will get their garbage time TD. I'll, you know, I'll even give them a field goal. So we'll give Purdue 10 points. And let's give the Gophers a solid 41. I'm going to sit comfortably in the middle of these two these two projections and say 38 to 14. Okay. I really wanted to say 38 Wyatt, but I'm like I know Trickett has another field goal in him. <laughs> I think I don't think he needs another field goal. No, he doesn't need another field goal, but I think he know. gets one early and then they just they're going right. to get towards the fourth quarter. And they're just going to, you know, they're not going to put him out there for a field goal and milk the when they're winning by as much as they are. I think they I think they will for sure. He gets one right away. They score five touchdowns. They march down the field, and they're on the 20. They run three run plays. It's fourth and five, and Trickett just goes out there and punches in, uh, you know, a mid-30s field goal. Be happy for him when it happens. <laughs> but we also don't need to overdo it either. As long as he has, he's he's doing what he has to do each game. He's he's doing a good job. So for sure. So um, while we're wrapped up here to preview homecoming against Purdue, it's going to be a fun game for sure. Um, I do want to mention a couple of notes here for everyone listening and watching. Uh, we're going to be on by for the Golden Gophers the week after Purdue um, after homecoming here. So. Um, we're going to take a break, actually. Um, I'll, I'll let uh, got to let me and the guys take a breather for a week <laughs> uh, and stuff. So we'll revisit. Well, essentially, we'll recap Purdue um, and preview Illinois on the week of Illinois, uh, just so we can take the week off for the bye. Um, unless the guys plan to record, but I doubt it. <laughs> we'll take the Monday back. Uh, as for coming uh, other things, guys. So here's some stats. Because remember, um, uh. When Griffin and I did the podcast last time, Wyatt, we both said preseason that we would lose. 
<laughs> to Michigan State and does update it. So right now, Laurence is four and zero in his personal predictions, and all three of us are three and one because we all thought we'd lose against Michigan State. <laughs> how far? How how good does Laurence have us being? Um, so here's his remaining calendar. So he says dub against Purdue, and then of course we, the bye, we win, obviously. Yeah, um, you always win the bye week. But then at the Illini um, is the game we're back from the bye. Laurent says L against the Illini. <laughs> That's the Laurens we know. A Laurens not to come back to the podcast <laughs> until after that game. And then after that, um, pretty much uh, Laurens. You, Wyatt, and myself said L's against Penn State on the 22nd. Griffin set the dub preseason. And then from there, we all said dubs are Rutgers, Nebraska, and Northwestern. Um, for Iowa, Griffin thinks we're going to take the L for that for, for preseason. And then you take the L for at Wisconsin, Cam Randall, uh, which essentially overall, um, most of us said a 10 and 2 record overall, like for the Gophers overall record. But personal, it's still fluid. We don't know yet until the games happen. But right now, all three of us are three and one, and Laurence is perfect so far. Yeah, but Laurence picked them to lose to Illinois. Well, I will, that is not, I, I, that is not the trap game. I promise. I will mention because uh, I know the patterns and the tradition, not the tradition, but the pattern and the consistency is every three years we do well and slaughter the Illini, and then the fourth year, we get schlacked. <laughs> and now it's last year. So <laughs> we'll be good for three years, I think. We'll see. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for um, our personal record-keeping. Um, but other than that, moving on. Um, but yeah, right now, guys, in terms of the West, the Gophers are on top. Uh but we're also tied alongside Northwestern and Iowa because they are also one and zero in the Big Ten season uh, in Big Ten play, and then uh, Illinois, Purdue, Wisconsin, and Nebraska are tied for last in the West. Are we really tied with Northwestern and Iowa, or you know, is it just technically tied with Northwestern and Iowa? Technically, <laughs> it's really it's really hard to take Northwestern season which has just gone off the rails yeah. seriously. I'm not sure who wrote it or who said it best, but like after they came back from Ireland, something happened where like the, the they Wildcats no have not been playing Nebraska. well. <laughs> they no longer got to play Scott Frost in Nebraska is what happened. <laughs> Probably. But then in terms of the East, though, um, Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State, and Indiana are tied uh, for first, technically. But obviously, um, Penn State, Ohio obviously State, Obviously, some of those teams top. are better than others. Yep. <laughs> and then uh, Rutgers, Michigan State, and Maryland are, t- are uh, tied for last in the East. But again, it's still the first week of Big Ten play for most teams right now. Um, but yeah, we, we have a bit of a schedule up ahead. Um, and you know, I'm gonna be antsy moving. F- I'm still gonna be antsy for any Gopher game, uh, moving forward because like now we're getting some recognition. We're ranked <laughs> and stuff. 
Um, but other than that, I, um, so far, four, four weeks in, I'd say, it's been pretty good for the Gophers. No, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better start. I, I want the uh, record to be clear on this Penn game, and I know we're I know we're headed into the Purdue season right now, and the Penn State season is several weeks off. But I want the record to be clear right now that Penn State is maybe being oversold as football program. If you that. look at their schedule, they survived Purdue. And they've won a couple of games handily, but they're not against, you know, top-tier football programs. Their their best win is, you know, besides Purdue, is probably an Auburn, to put it kindly, Auburn is a basketball school now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'm not entirely convinced by this Penn State team, and I want to put that on the record sooner rather than later. And I'll also chime in. Uh, Soup didn't give us any notes prior to the podcast, but he has harped on this a lot in previous episodes, guys, where if you remember in the past, so like 2019, when we went 11-2 and that season and went to Tampa Bay for that bowl game against Auburn, if you think about, remember the non-conference play where we played against three opponents that we should have easily slacked, but we really didn't. Like some of the games were really close back in 2019. Like South Dakota State was, we won by seven. I think that game was like 14 to seven or 21 to 14 in the end. Um, 28-21. Yeah, 28-21. Uh, what was the game after that um, where we like we need a heroics from Demetrius Douglas to bail us out I, in the fourth quarter. I believe it was Fresno State. Yeah, I believe it was Fresno as well. Oh, Fresno, that was Crab with the toe tap in the end zone. Um, yep. And then the next the next home game after that. Uh, so in the past, our the Gophers always played to the level of the competition until now, right? Like we slacked. Gophers. The Gophers are now playing to the level that the gophers play at correct and that is what we are doing we're not yeah. bringing a different team every week and they and they slack new mexico state they slack western illinois and they did also slack colorado inferior teams and especially one of them is a power five program which may end up going zero and 12 like that might happen to colorado maybe one and 11 two and 10 rip colorado but and then and then we made a statement when by slacking michigan state 34-7, who's hoping to rebound after a devastating loss against Washington. Michael Penix like slaughtered the crap out of him in the air that game. Um, and Michigan State made a comeback, but was short, 11 points. Um, like The Gophers, uh, and I'm not super hard for this, is playing the way a Big Ten team should be playing because inferior competition. And he, I think knowing Soup hopes that dominant level of play keeps moving forward. Uh, with the coming upcoming games here, um, and I totally agree. Like I, I that's the thing I'm I, I, I'm 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 on board of. Like you know, the Gophers are playing like a top ranked Big Ten t- program. Like we can run the ball, we can pass. Uh, we have a lot of pass catchers. Like, I think Michigan State we had ten pass catchers the entire game as well. Like who's our tight ends, our receivers, our backs. Um, so you know. 
I'm excited what this Gophers can bring and hopefully uh, bring us to the promised land <laughs> or, just, or something at the end of the season. But that's just me. By the promised land, do you mean Indianapolis? Yes. Because <laughs> we haven't been, I think the Gophers haven't been to a Big Ten title since uh, I think the 60s, right? It would, it's been a while. Yeah. It's, it's about damn time. For sure. But that's just me and my little tangent there. You guys got anything else to discuss in the podcast here? I don't have anything gopher related, but I do want to give a specific shout out to uh, one Adrian Martinez, who this week put put up four total touchdowns in a in a win against Oklahoma the week after his former team got absolutely spanked by Oklahoma. <laughs> I just want that on the record. And I hope Scott Frost is listening, and I hope he's unhappy. Could Did you, you guys imagine? See? No, you guys see they're not ranked. Hmm? Kansas, State's, uh, Kansas State, right? That beat Oklahoma yeah, Kansas State. State. They're not ranked. Well, Oklahoma, the best part is Oklahoma is still ranked. <laughs> like what? <laughs> Sorry, Griffin. Go ahead. I don't even remember what I was gonna say. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. But yeah, no. Um, I was surprised that Kansas State did not get ranked, but Oklahoma is still ranked. And I'm like, can you, could they not at least put Kansas State at twenty five? Well, Kansas 24? State. Kansas State was at twenty five. Oh, they were. From the AP poll, they should be. Okay, never mind. I'm a dingus. Because they dropped, they dropped Oklahoma to 18. Yeah, Oklahoma fell like 12 spots. It was brutal. Youch. That's what you get for losing in Big 12 play. <laughs> AP Top 25 couldn't possibly put two Kansas teams on there at the same time. <laughs> Literally. Is, can we just can we take a minute to just say? What the hell is happening in Kansas? <laughs> that team is four and zero. <laughs> Wait, who wasn't there? A previous head coach who got fired under like allegations and stuff it was Les Miles, right? And he exited the yep. program. Yep. And then, who's their current coach now? I'm blanking on his name. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're four and zero. Admittedly, their best win is also probably against a basketball school, but <laughs> but they are also a basketball school. So you know, you got to take the wins where you can get them. And in Kansas, you do not often get four this early in the season. Nope, no, you don't. But yeah, um. If we're good on college, I do want to touch something in the NFL stuff. So, you guys good to move on? Yes, sir. Uh, the Vikings gave me a heart attack many times yesterday. <laughs> I, I get it. A win's a win, 28-24 against the Lions. Um, but... Uh, the my... Vikings did not win that football game. The Lions absolutely lost it. <laughs> yep. I was I was there. 
Oh no! I've got, I've got a I've got a buddy who's a Lions fan from law school, so we went to the game. A couple of us from from law school, and uh, it was it was it was a brutal brutal game for all of us. I think. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was painful to watch that game, but somehow we got the dub, and we're now two and zero in our division in the division for the NFC North. Um, but I will say, in terms of other games in the NFL, Tua is doing really well. Um, um if we're gonna comment on Tua, we've got to comment on the concussion thing. Yeah, because <laughs> that is uh, just. You know, you have to have better concern for player safety. And we, you know, the NFL has been saying forever that they take concussions seriously. And, you know, Tua coming back into that game as quickly as he did shows shows that they absolutely do not. Yeah. And the NFL has to do a lot better than that. Yeah, for sure. Like, um, Like, he was still a little wobbly as well coming back out like it wasn't himself honestly just watching him get up from that play that's not a player you want in the game at all for the rest of that week no, like that's not safe for the player i don't care if he gives you a better chance to win than teddy bridgewater you you're not gonna take that risk with that player you can't do that and it's it's mismanagement by the Dolphins and mismanagement by the NFL. I know they that Tua did say that he said it was like his back and not his head. Do you buy that? Absolutely not. Nope. You Like, if it was your back, you're not getting up like that? You're laying down. Your back's not going to do that to you. Your, your head's going to do that to you. That's it. It reminds me of when Patrick Mahomes was very clearly concussed in the playoffs that one year. And, you know, sort of dodged out of concussion protocol and played the next week with definitely a concussion. Yeah. But hopefully, a lot of, there's a lot of ways the NFL needs to do better right now, and that yeah. is that is probably not even at the top of the list. But <laughs> there's a lot of things. But hopefully, um, he gets better. Uh, they're what three and zero right now. Yeah, the Dolphins are leading the AFC East. Yeah, um, Mac Jones is unfortunately hurt. He may not come back for the next game here. So, you know. I say the uh, the AFC East is up for the grass between the Bills and the Dolphins currently. But other than that, um, that was a fun game. The Bills and the Dolphins. I saw you guys see the clip of uh, the off the Bills OC <laughs> rampaging in the <laughs> booth. Um, let's see. What can I say? I'm usually a pretty chill guy. <laughs> and you gotta think that's not even like even close to his fault it's like your quarterback literally just threw the ball in the ground why are you mad <laughs> yep uh, but other than that 
the Vikings up next is flying to London, playing against the uh, New Orleans Saints. Can't cool. wait to wake up at 8 o'clock on a flipping <laughs> Sunday. Sunday morning. <laughs> nah, man, I'm going to sleep in and just watch the DVR broadcast <laughs> recording and see how the game goes. <laughs> but yeah, cool, cool. Well, uh, anything else, guys? Hot takes as well. We'll take it before we wrap. I don't think I have any hot takes yet. I think we're going to see those hot takes come later in the season. <laughs> all right, all right. Cool, cool. Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening to episode 51 of OPA Podcast. So this podcast, again, recapping uh, Michigan State, previewing homecoming versus Purdue. Uh, but other than that, have a great rest of your week. Have a great homecoming if you're planning on going. If not, doing a house party have a great time with friends and family watching the game as well um but other than that we'll see you guys uh for the week to preview the Illini uh, we're gonna take a break for the bye week after Purdue and then uh once we're back we're gonna be back in full swing hopefully with more with the rest of the guys on like maybe try to get LaRon's on here for the Illini preview or post <laughs> But other than that, thank you so I much for watching. some words for that, man. <laughs> but thank you so much for watching and listening to today's episode. And we see you guys next time. So I'm one of your hosts, Jason No, along with... Griffin Most. And I'm Wyatt Okers. And we'll see you guys next time. And oh. Oh. oh.